It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we bring you the latest OU football news, including the summer motto, players getting suits, and Caleb Hicks committing in football guys talking baseball. We recap OU's performance at the Men's College World Series, and we finish up giving you our winners and losers the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, June 20th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And the Beats and Bites Festival is rolling. Randy Rogers Band, July 9th. Going to have some fireworks afterwards, Ted. It's going to be a big one. $5 general admission, kids under 12 get in free, all kinds of food trucks, all kinds of things for kids to do. You're going to want to be there. For tickets, visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday night, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Happy Father's Day, Ted. Yeah, same to you. Happy Father's Day. It's a good day. Uh, You guys down in uh, the Big D, right? Down here in Dallas, so my, my sister-in-law had a baby down here seeing him uh, for me for the first time. But yeah, so spent a nice day in Dallas, ate some good food, went to the Dallas Wings game, watched the Wings get a W. And now just, I've watched so many different sports today. <laughs> Formula One, golf with the U.S. Open, which I'm sure we'll get to. And uh, college baseball with OU. I went to a WNBA game. I've just been, I've been soaking up all the sports on, on this father's day. It's been good. Um, yeah, it's been a good sports weekend. We had a baseball tournament, uh, over the weekend, uh, and obviously OU getting at it and, uh, what, uh, NBA wrapping up NHL's underway right now, us open. There's a lot happening out there. Yeah. So happy father's day to all the dads out there. It is 
now that I've had a full year as a dad, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. <laughs> so, hey, we appreciate all the dads out there. You guys are, you guys are working hard. You're working hard. Let's get to the OU football stuff. So, June is, is pretty slow normally when it comes to college football and comes to OU football. So, we made it pretty simple here, Ted. We asked the people, what happened this week for OU football that you want us to talk about? And I, I figured that was the easiest way to do it. Throw it out there, see what people said, and we'll talk about, you know, the top two, three topics. And it worked perfectly because this first one comes from Misty Stevens on Twitter who responded, it seemed like there was a day this week when every single guy got the shit kicked out of them by Schmitty. Can you give us an idea of what may be included in that workout and what the difference in intensity is as the summer progresses? Yeah. I, I, I think we could give them a good idea. Um, what's the best way to put it? Just two hours of pure misery? Yeah, pre- pretty much. It starts off incredibly fast and doesn't slow down the entire time. Yeah, uh, usually you have – it's. If it's the same structure, which I'm guessing it's probably fairly close, you have you have like a um, either speed or uh, agility type of workout, change of direction type of workout, which usually includes like abs and stuff like that, medicine ball abs before a lift. Then you go in, you, and it's not easy. Sometimes, sometimes it's some of the more difficult stuff is right there before you lift. Then you go in and lift as fast as humanly possible. So maybe you have 30 seconds extra to put your cleats on or something. And then you go out and condition. And it's nonstop. As soon as Schmitty comes busting out of some random door somewhere and hits the whistle, it's game on for two hours. Yeah, so there you go, Misty. It's uh, it's not fun, and that's why you're seeing a lot of the guys tweeting uh, what they are tweeting. And, yeah, I, I think for me the lift was always the worst part because it wasn't very strong. So it was, I, it was like – and that's, that's the interesting part about it. You ask 100 guys that have played at OU when Jerry Schmidt was the strength coach, and so many guys will have – clearly so many different stories, but there's a certain thing that each guy will say that he sucked at the most where it's like, Oh my gosh, med ball. I could, I was the worst at med ball. I couldn't count. I always dropped the ball or I had a terrible partner. Then there'll be guys who's like, dude, the lift, like I thought my arms were going to fall off. I thought my legs were going to fall off. And then there'll be the guy that's like conditioning, like my stadiums. I couldn't do it. I was terrible at it or three trippers. I couldn't do it. I was terrible at it. There's, it. It's funny, you know, talking to guys, everyone had their, now there's guys like, you know, like an Adrian Peterson that I'm sure just thrived all the time. You were probably like that. Now that I think about it because you could run. Yeah. I wasn't good. See, during one of the things that we did, did you guys, you did the shuttles, right? The long shuttles. Yes. Did you guys ever do those? I wasn't great at that. I'm good at all out sprinting, but if it's not an all out sprint, I become very inefficient. (laughs) So those were always the worst for me, but like my biggest thing is here's the thing. Like when the week starts, 
you've got four work days, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, usually. If something goes wrong on Monday or Tuesday, like on any of the days, the whole week is ruined, right? Because you're that day and having to come back and all of that. Like that's where guys really get in trouble. So I'd never wanted anyone in the group to mess up. Like, cause the only times where the, it was really torture for me is whenever we had to start stuff over. So I just started like trying to kick people out on my own to where the, the group would never have to have to uh, have to suffer the rest of the consequences. I was, I, I, I say fine. I could handle pretty much everything and be okay unless we had to start like starting stuff over and then I would fall apart. So <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was, I was tried to make it very clear that let's not start over as a group. Yeah. And I, I would say the days where it got, it could go downhill really quickly is where you got about halfway through the warm up, And then Schmitty's like, we're starting over. Where you've you've already done like foot ladder, you've done a skips, b skips, all that stuff. You you've started hurdles. Oh, because there's only where... a certain amount of fuel in the gas tank, and if you burn it by going and having to do things over again, it's going to catch up during conditioning or in the weight room or somewhere. Hurdles in the warm up is where a lot of O lineman souls still are still in that indoor said fat guys jumping over hurdles and the worst part was like if you were really bad and i'm not going to name any names but I, I was decent at hurdles now it's not like i was lane johnson springing up and down like i i had a good rhythm and was was fine never hurdles were never a big issue for me but there are a couple of guys where it was just so bad and they'd have to go back start over so many times and eventually schmitty would just it was almost like I'm so embarrassed of he you just stands there and stares at everyone. <laughs> no, he would just bring out these tiny little, like six inch hurdles and be like, all right. And he called it the kiddie pool. And he'd be like, go to the kiddie pool, big dog. And just have them. Now they were more like, I don't know, a, a foot tall, but it was, I mean, it was just. So that, that reminds me of a, of a story. Did you guys ever do the metal, like the hurdles, the single leg? The single leg hops. Yeah. The shin, the shin. Buddy, oh, <laughs> my God. There were some guys that they almost, like, killed themselves. Because if you hang a foot on one of those metal ones, it ain't going anywhere. It doesn't fall over like a typical hurdle. You just go down and you land on the next one. And, whoo, it, it got nasty a couple of times. And some, I think they even stopped doing it for a while. Uh, some gashes. <laughs> That were that happened as a result of that. But yeah, hurdles. I, I will say you mentioned the the long shuttles. That one it, so basically what it was, it was a 600 yard shuttle. You basically you start on the goal line, you went down and back, down and back, down and back. And yeah, not not fat man friendly, man. But that was actually one where one, once I moved to offensive line, like the running aspect of things, all right, we're good. It was like moving weight moving heavy things where it took me a while to, uh, to settle in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to take the, when you went from tight end 
the middle group times to the O-line times, you're probably like, this is cake, man. I, I went from being the slowest guy to like one of the fastest guys. It was great. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. But then I was like, oh, man, I got to get way stronger. And it never really happened, but I, get, I gave it my best effort. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. But that, that, as far as the stuff that happened this week, I did notice one thing that I think we've got to talk about when it comes to the summer workouts. Did you see the shirts? Did you see the motto? No. So they're that they, OU football. They, they always do a good job of posting some pictures, right? And the shirts that they're wearing, which was always a big thing, right? Schmitty always tried to establish some sort of theme or message with the shirts you wore during the week for summer workouts. The on the front of this shirt this year, dirty hard work done in the dark. What do you think? My, my initial reaction, and this is very specific. So, did you ever, whether it was like an AU basketball tournament or maybe you're playing like travel baseball and you're like in middle school and you're staying at a random like holiday inn? And you are, you're scrolling through this, like the, the viewing options on a hotel TV and you're like, Oh, movies. Oh. And then there's like the tab for, uh, what was labeled as like adult, you know? Yeah. That seems like a title dirty, hard work done in the dark. Seems like a title that you would stumble upon in that section of the, uh, of the hotel viewing options. Oh, that's so funny. I love how you got to that, uh, <laughs> staying in a hotel during an AAU game. That's great. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I, I will say that is, that's kind of Jerry Schmidt and Brent Venable's whole philosophy though. Right. In, in all seriousness, when you think about these are two men that are all about the process in putting the work in and they're not exactly into guys getting a ton of recognition for doing what is expected. And right. so the dirty hard work done in the dark, I think is it, it's kind of the embodiment of the mentality of those two men really. And now it's funny. It's funny. I got a good chuckle when I saw the shirt and I'm going to try to get my hands on one of those shirts and walk into my bedroom with my wife and you say, you see this? Huh? Huh? <laughs> now but that I look at it, I feel like it should either be dirty work done in the dark or hard work done in the dark. I feel like the dirty hard work done in the dark is almost, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, it's sensual what a little it is. Bit, right? <laughs> sensual. No, I saw it. Yeah, it is. No, but kind of redundant, but it's still, I get the point. It is. Yeah, it's, it's Brent Venables going, hey, this isn't going to be fun. Like, this isn't something that you're necessarily going to enjoy. And, you know, we expect you to do it and you're not going to, Right, because this isn't televised, right? That, that you think about how how important you know social media and recognition and all that stuff is now for college athletes, and when it comes to NIL, like it matters even more because of that stuff. But it's it's them saying, "Hey, 
this is this is where the real work happens and no one's going to see it no one's going to tweet about it no one's going to put it on their tiktok none of that it's all about getting better when really you don't get any recognition for it like you do when you when you make plays on the field in the fall right it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. It's good. I think that, you know, the, the thing that I always thought was the most important about it is, and, and I've, I've said this a bunch, but I'll, I'll repeat it here, is there's probably better ways to get bigger, faster, stronger. Right? There's probably better ways to do it. But the most important thing of the entire summer isn't necessarily the numbers. The numbers are important, but it's about the entire group, some freshmen that weren't there before, some transfer guys that weren't there before, everyone coming together and suffering as one group. And having to fight through and make it and pull your partner through or, uh, you know, finish. You need to get to where you end up going beyond what you're capable of for the group. Not just for yourself, but for the group. Uh, so everyone else doesn't get punished or, or, you know, just whatever it is. That's the most important thing. So I think they're getting there. I think it's I think it's the most important team building exercise you can do is throw guys out there for two hours in the heat and let them fight fight Schmitty and fight through it and and try and see how deep they can go into the tunnel. Yeah. And if if these guys tweets are any indication, it is it's not that fun right now for have they said what they're doing? I heard maybe they were doing the old conditioning test. Did you guys have, have a conditioning test? Oh, yeah. Two 300-yard shuttles? Yeah. 60-yard, 560s? Brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. A couple minutes? How many minutes was it in between? Well, so for linebackers, I think you had 
I think you had like one fifty four. So you had to average your two times had to average like one fifty four, I think. And then so you run the first one and I think you get two minutes rest and then you run the other one. Yeah. I think it's just like a one to one work to rest ratio. Yeah. For um and that's also the conditioning test you had you used to have to do before training camp, like to be able to practice. Yep. A uh, quick story. Trent Williams, my red shirt year. So I was still playing tight end, but him and Schmitty didn't exactly get along. He got kicked out. I want to say it was like the first week of workouts. Just never came back. Now he was still there working out. He's still there working out, lifting on his own, you know, using the facility, but he wasn't working out like in the O-line group. Shows up conditioning test day before the uh, before the first practice of training camp. Finishes first as, <laughs> among all the alignment. It's like, all right, I'll see you on the field. Yeah, I mean, some some <laughs> people are just built different, man. It was it was incredible. Uh, that's awesome. That's okay, great. this uh, this next topic it comes from at Sooners only on Twitter, who says Sooners in suits. Seems like a small detail, but goes to show Brent Venables is making every piece of this program first class. So if you didn't see it, players and OU staff got fitted for some custom suits this week. Uh, We've talked a lot about this. There's a lot of teams that do it. It's no big deal, but it is pretty sweet that they like it, it's the full custom experience, right? Taylor yeah. comes into the locker room, all get measured, different options. They got the cloth swatches and all the colors. Like it, that's a pretty cool thing. I wish, I mean, I wish I would have gotten a couple custom suits when I was playing. That would have been nice. No, I, I, I think it's awesome. I think you, you have to, I think it's cool that they're getting these suits. It's nice to have a suit. Uh, I didn't have one. I had to buy one before I went to my junior year to do like the award circuit. I didn't even have a suit to wear. Um, but I think it's cool that they do it. And I, you, you have to present yourself as the best. I mean, that's what it's about, right? And having guys in custom suits. Uh, we've already seen their headshots that they did where they're all wearing suit and tie. It looks great. It looks looks so much sharper whenever you travel that way. It's it's just it's not casual. It looks like you're showing up somewhere on the road, ready to go to go to work and and uh, and take care of business. I love it. I I I think it's fantastic. At the time, as a player, I could I would probably not see the value in it as much but now looking back i know i know the value and know what they're they're moving for whenever they do that yeah they're and it's that it's it's all about continuing to get these guys to be as close as they possibly can to each other right it's like it it sounds, I know like a guy's game day fit, like it's a big topic of conversation now, but man, there's a lot of, a lot of great NFL players that wear suits to games. A lot of guys that paid, get paid a lot of money that are wearing some really nice suits to games. So it, it also gives them good content for their Instagram and all that stuff. So that that's good as well. But I just, 
I just like the way it looks. I know people are like, oh, some recruits may not like it. Listen, man, Bama does it. Georgia does it. Like, I, it, t- kids are going to come play for Brent Venables because they like Brent Venables. I don't think the, the suit is going to come up really in the recruiting pitch. It's not going to be on a kid's list like, hey, man, I don't want to wear a suit to games. Be like, oh, okay, well, then you're not coming here. I mean, it's pretty like I can't, there's, there's, not a, there's not a kid out there. I, I can imagine myself in high school finding out that you travel in a suit and tie to go to a football game thinking, that sounds badass because right now I travel to the game wearing my football pants and cleats and a cutoff undershirt with my pads and jersey on and the helmet stuck through the middle. That's how I'm traveling to a football game now. Wearing a suit and tie, that sounds pretty killer. I'm There's no high school kid that wouldn't like that, right? I, I, I'm sure some want to – there's been a big athleisure movement, Ted. I'm, I'm part of it. If you see me anywhere, I'm probably wearing Lululemon or Roan. Like that's it's just how I roll. But listen, if all my boys are wearing suits, like it, the the Instagram captions, like the it's it, it's business time, like it's time to go to work, like they just write themselves. So like it's it's all about the content these days. I I will say we are going to we will be criticizing the suit choices of the players. Like, did they get multiple suits? Will they switch it up? I don't know. I got questions throughout the years. It's going to be the same suit every time for everyone. I, I don't know. I don't know the answers. Well, to that. I think when they travel, don't they wear like the standard? Is it like the one they took the picture in is what I'm guessing. I don't know. Could be wrong on that, but I don't know, but I hope, I hope they get to show, show out a little bit. Like if you're going to get a custom suit, you get to pick the pattern and all that stuff, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. way it looked like in the video. I guess we should have just asked. That would have been, that would have been helpful. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. Cause they've already done this once. Haven't they? Is this like going to be like every semester thing? I don't know. Huh? We'll follow it as it uh, unfolds, I guess. All I know is the, the radio guys did not get the invite for the custom yeah. suits. Yeah. Boy. <sighs> Does that mean I on the on the plane that you have to wear a suit and tie on the plane? I've never worn a suit and tie to I a might, game. I might go back on everything I just said about how great it is to travel that way if I have to do it. <laughs> I, I will say this. If we are expected to wear one now, I want a free custom one too, guys. Yeah. Right. No, I like it. And if there's a recruit that doesn't want to come to OU because they wear a suit and tie when they travel, then he can go play at some other sucky university and wear, you know, joggers on the plane. We're not going to miss them at all. All right. This last topic comes from at Chris rich three sixteen on Twitter, who said the running back Caleb Hicks committing looks like DeMarco has a type. He likes big versatile and great vision. Barnes and this kid can be, can't be fun to tackle. Uh, I agree with that. So Caleb Hicks chooses OU over Bama, Miami, Arkansas, and TCU. He is a 5'11", and he's already 195 pounds, running back out of Denton Geyer. He is ranked as the number 24 running back 
in the 24-7 sports composite in the class of 2023. But after talking to a few guys on the staff, they think that he is much better than that ranking. Uh, they, they feel really good about it. And I do like the fact, you know, Dent Geyer is a massive program. Continue to build the relationship with that school, right? That right got Billy Bowman from Denton Geyer last year. And I, I believe Caleb Hicks has, has a teammate that is a top 15 player in the country, uh, linebacker Anthony Hill, who took his official a few weeks ago to OU. So getting Hicks on board, I, I certainly I certainly think that can't hurt when it comes to the Sooners odds with Anthony Hill. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. I don't, it, I, it's not a package deal type of thing. It, it doesn't sound like at all, but um, I don't think OU has had much of a relationship with, with Denton Ryan. Um, there's, there's been some good players come out of there. Did I say Denton Ryan earlier? Or did I say Denton Geyer? It's one of the other. I'm, I'm not sure which one it is. There's two of them. It's this it, it, Bowman definitely went to Denton Ryan. So that's, I just I think that's the same place. I think okay. that's the right one. Okay. Yeah. I just, um, I may have said guy earlier. I don't know. I'm going, I'm losing it, man. There we go. <laughs> that's what a year of uh, being a dad will do. Right. Just, <laughs> but this, the relationship there is improving. Um, I think that's big time that they're already getting a recruit uh, or a commitment out of a running back there. The list of linebackers that they've got, uh, they're going to be picking from like 10 of the best inside backers in the country. I mean, the list of, of what they can go to at backer is super, super impressive. And uh, most folks believe Anthony Hill is kind of at the top of that list for, for pretty much everyone in the country. So, yeah, it's awesome to have that relationship there, and it continues to build. I think someone mentioned that Jada Coleman has, like, a lot to do with that somehow. Well, is that is Billy she, Bowman and Jada Coleman are dating, right? Yeah, I, I, yes. Now, I, I think I, I just I know that, that because is. I've seen it on, like, social media, but – so I, there's got to be some relation. Did, did well, Jada Coleman go to Denton Ryan? I don't know, but I think she played some part in him coming here, obviously. So, um, and seems like that connection getting better. Let's hope it continues to, to grow. If we get uh, Caleb Hicks and Anthony Hill out of uh, Denton, that would be amazing. So a quick Google tells me, that she went to the colony, That's which Houston, is in Texas, it? which is in the colony, Texas. I don't know. So, I, huh. but well, let's just go ahead and say, hey, it's all connected. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're all over the place. man. All right. Birthday shout outs. Happy second birthday to Austin Foster. Happy 38th birthday to Carrie Bailey. Happy 41st birthday to Christina Bailey. Happy 85th birthday and happy Father's Day to Dick Boone. All right, let's talk some OU in Omaha. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. 
whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile to go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use our promo code TED. T-E-D for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. Make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Remember, financial aid is available. Okay, football guys talking baseball. First things first. Ted, we, we got to get you some of those pants that Kyler Murray was rocking the other night. You, you <laughs> would look good in those, man. We got to get you some. We got to track them down. I think only Heisman Trophy winners can pull stuff off like that because he had the pajama pants on. I've seen Billy Sims wear the uh, OU sport coat. I don't think if, if you don't have a Heisman Trophy, you can't pull off uh, something that OU. But that is he pulled it off. That is fair. However, you are you're up there when it comes to like guys that could be considered Mister OU. Lot well, lot I'll of try OU. It. I'll try the pants. We'll see what happens. Some someone send Ted a pair of those pants. But I I will say, it was uh, as far as Kyler showing up to that A and M game. I'm sure I'm sure it had nothing to do with them playing Texas A and M, but. I, I, it was pretty cool for everyone involved, right? Kyler kind of getting to live vicariously through those players because he never made it to Omaha, getting to talk to the team, and then those players getting to have, you know, one of the star players in the NFL talk to him. Like, it's pretty cool for everyone involved, and clearly what Kyler told him worked because they yeah. beat the hell out of AM. And he's been he's been way more involved with the baseball program um, then I knew, I, I know that obviously he's going to have his unveiling at some point. And Toby said that he has been very clear about the, the statue unveiling for him, that he wants the baseball team and program to be a big part of that. So, uh, it's going to have to coincide with their schedule and everything. So, yeah, I think, I think he comes and hangs around every time he's in town, he goes down there and hangs around with the baseball program and skip Johnson and those guys. And uh, yeah, it, it's important to him. And that's awesome. 
because um, you know they need that type of name right now and that type of name recognition for recruiting and everything else involved is huge. And I thought it was great that he was there. I thought he did awesome in his interview. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we uh, heading into the men's college world series, we talked about how important it was to win game one and oh, you smacks AM 13 to eight in that opening game. And they came out hot. I mean, score in what was it? Seven runs with two outs in that yeah. second inning and end up jumping out eight to nothing. And I mean, that starter for AM, he didn't even last two innings, man. It's crazy. And, you know, the lead up to the game, you know, we talked to Toby and he was telling us about how this team operates offensively. It's kind of small ball and they walk a lot. They get hit by pitch a lot. You know, they, they make these pitchers have, uh, you know, go through these really long at bats over and over and over. And that's exactly how that one played out. I think the first, first hitter of the game was a walk against A&M and uh, Spikerman's great at that. And it's, it's just, it's a fun group to watch, man. Um, they're very methodical and the bats have continued to be hot for them. They run the bases really well, still a lot of bases. They're going to be tough to contend with, man. Yeah. And in that A&M game, that, that Jimmy Crooks three run Homer was sweet. But the Nicholas Grand Slam in the fourth, that is, this is true. I was, I was in Maui watching the game and Nicholas launches that Grand Salami. And my wife and I, we went straight to the golf course. We were like, we're going to play. I was like, I was like, this game is over. It is over. Now I was watching, watching the rest of the game on my phone at the golf course. But yeah, it was one of those where it was, it was nice because I was like, ah, that'll do it. Thanks, Jackson Nicholas. Appreciate ya. Yeah, it felt good. They got up to that big lead, and then AM tried to make a little bit of a run there and uh, and got some runs back and made it a little too close. And it, it's nice to be able to to cruise to some nice uh, nice victories, and not have to stretch it, stretch it, and use a ton of pitching and uh, just battle your tail off. Um, hopefully they can keep that rolling. That was a great game one win for him. Yeah. And you know, Jake Bennett was, he was really good early, you know, ends up giving up some runs, but as far as, you know, pitching a lot of innings, throwing a lot of pitches, like I thought he did, you know, with, when, when the bats were as hot as they were and right. You, I think they drew, what was it like 10 walks or something like that in that game? It was, he did exactly what he needed to do. And then, yeah, things maybe, you know, got a little tired. Maybe Skip Johnson wanted to there towards the end, but brings Trevin Michael in and says, all right, game over. See you guys. Yeah, uh, it was, it was nice. I, I, I got a little worried whenever uh, Kendall Pettis took that 95, 97 mile an hour fastball directly to the chest. Uh, I didn't like seeing that whenever he squared around to bunt. I uh, was worried about that. We had already had a guy break his hand and be out uh, from getting hit by a pitch. So I guess it wasn't perfect smooth sailing, but uh, you got out of there with a nice victory. And the, the team, what you don't want is to to take away the, the mojo they've got right now because they remain hot and the team's playing with more confidence than anyone in the country, it looks like. Yeah, I guess the only negative from that game really is what, Squires breaks the hand? Ouch. Yep. Brutal. Took that 
took that ball right on the hand. When he took his glove off, his hand was shaking, and you could tell something was going on there. So, yeah, it was bad. So, some people may have listened to that and wondered, why, why did they start with the A&M game? And why didn't they start <laughs> talking about the Notre Dame game? We are rolling the dice, people. It is. It's 930 Central Time. It is. It's approaching our bedtime, especially. I'm jet-lagged as hell. Like, I don't expect anyone to feel bad for me, but, you know, it's we're battling here. The sleep schedule has been a little off, Ted, but the Sooners are currently up. Oh, double play. Got him. That's that's big for the recording. That's big for uh, for us not looking like idiots right there. So Sooners are winning currently as we're recording the six to two in the top of the eight. Just had a big double play. I'm feeling really good about things. Because Trevin Michael is on the mound. Yeah. Did you see the first play of the game? Yeah. It was like, I think it was the first pitch. Where first baseman goes flipping into Notre Dame's dugout on that awesome. catch. That was amazing. I'm, I thought he was going to break his neck. That's a long fall once you go into the dugout. Yeah. So when, you know, when I watch whatever I watch, and I know we're going to talk about it on the podcast, so I take notes. And my first note <laughs> – for the OU Notre Dame game is Robertson flipped into the dugout. What the hell was that? <laughs> it was on. Listen, it is. Man, I, I appreciate the effort. Where are the Notre Dame guys? Like, yeah, can, come can on. we help? Can we help my man get a softer landing in the dugout, please? It's like they were almost throwing things under him to, uh, to make it even worse. Yeah. Uh, that was a great catch though. Great effort. He almost made another. Oh, one Tread away with the diving catch to end the Irish's chance in the eighth. Are you okay. a little, is your phone a little behind mine? Yeah. You're taking all the drama away from it for me. Oh, oh, what a diving catch to uh, end the eighth inning. <laughs> Didn't even see it coming. Okay. Uh, at this point we're we're feeling good. Well, I've got the confidence saying, OU has won, which is it's really big, right? Cause now they don't play until Wednesday. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's big. Cause because what you'll if you can get to if you can close this out, get to Wednesday, regroup, um, give all the arms you've used a rest. And it's just the I think we talked about this in the in the women's college world series. Being able to uh, it's not like anyone is stress free, but you win your first two, like the nights are a little bit different, right? Whenever you're trying to rest and recover and relax a little bit, it's a little bit different than whenever you're, you're one away from, from going home and ending the season. There's, there's way more anxiety there. So, um, yeah, you win your first two, they're going to be sitting in a really good spot because, frankly, as, as I've, I've watched all, all of the baseball kind of unfold, I mean, I know anything can happen in a given game, but – I. I, I, I think that they've got, they close this thing out. I think they got a really, really good shot of winning this side of the bracket and going to the final game. I, I know that's not taking any just wild step, like uh, telling people anything that they don't already know, but it's, it's just, it's fascinating to find the OU baseball program in this situation right now to where they look like they're fairly solidly the the best on their side of the bracket. Yeah. And, and the way that it works 
with the College World Series is now Texas A&M and Notre Dame will play each other on Tuesday, and OU will get the winner of that game, and they just have to win once. The other team's got to win twice, right? Because it's still double elimination. And then yeah, and you it's go going to be the, just the next day too, right? It's on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. So it is. It's um, it's it's a really good situation. I mean, Skip Johnson's teams in a really good situation, and you look at you know how they how they played against Notre Dame, just key hits, aggressive base running, sometimes too aggressive. What was that fourth inning? Okay, can I say something about that now? Okay, I should talk about how clutch Tanner Treadaway was first, right? He The kid has been on an absolute tear, right? RBI single, Wallace Clark early. They jump out to the 2-0 lead. But in the fourth, I don't know. I don't remember a ton from my baseball playing days, but I do remember, hey, you're not supposed to make the first or the third out at third. And, oh, you did both of those things in that inning, which is... It's hard to do. It's hard to do. But Spikerman gets thrown out by a mile to make the third out of the fourth inning. But the ball comes out of the glove of the third baseman. Now, when it comes out of the glove, it hits the third base coach. And instead of telling Spikerman, screaming at him to get on the bag, the third base coach is acting like the ball that just came out of a glove and like had barely any velocity at all like that it was like a cannonball that went through his entire body like hey man to the ground no it was more of like a hunched over and it like it didn't look like it hit him in the nuts and i don't care if it did or not listen man you got one job you eat that and you tell spikerman to get his ass back on third base what are we doing Uh, I didn't get to see that play. So did Spikerman just assume he was out, get up and kind of walk off of the base? Exactly. He was no. So the, it like, he was out by so much, dude. I mean, (laughs) so far, but he ended up kind of past it in a weird way. Kind of slid one of those where he slide over the base. And he was just standing like two or three feet from the bag, like thinking he was out. Meanwhile, the ball, we got the third base coach acting like he's dying. I, <laughs> it was, I mean, it, he was out by so much. I mean, so, but it was, it was one of those where it happened. I was like, Hey man, suck it up <laughs> and do your job. I've got to go back and find that play just to, it seems so strange. It, it was, but other than, other than giving up that two run Homer in the sixth, Kate Horton was awesome. Ooh, he's been throwing really good. That game he had against Virginia Tech uh, was amazing. And to, to back that up with another really good one in second game of the World Series, uh, really, really impressive. Yeah, so we are going to assume that Trevin Michael is going to uh, shut the door on, on Notre Dame here in the ninth. Um, Sooner still batting as we record this in, in, the, in the bottom of the eighth. But – there is one last thing we got to talk about when it comes to the men's college world series. Have you seen the jello shots thing? No, I haven't. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Okay. So there is, I'm guessing the bar is called Rocco's because on the whiteboard, it says Rocco's jello shot challenge. 
And the last update of this Jello Shot Challenge is right here, Ted. Oh, the, so they're just keeping a running tally of all the fans from each team, huh? Correct. Correct. And OU with a respectable 262. They're about middle of the pack. Arkansas, on the other hand, 2,793. Wow. Ole Miss, 2,544. And they are way out in front of everyone else. I mean, good for them. Now, I will say, I saw one thing, because there's a Twitter that's keeping track of this, and they're tweeting everything out. I, I will say one thing. Some people are just giving money to the bar. That that should not like so the jello shots are 450, which by the way is just an absolute ripoff for a jello shot. 450? 450. 450. Oh my god. And oh. I will say, I saw on their Twitter, it was like it, it was an old miss fan who I guess was like, hey, just put all this money toward the Ole Miss tally. No, 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 no. That, that, is, that is not how it should work. Uh, that's, that is not, that's not how it should, like you should have to consume the jello shot to get credit for it. Or a, am I off base there? No, you're not off base. Okay, good. That just... That's over $30,000 so far they've made off of Jello shots. Oh, and they, yeah. Oh, they've made well over that a bit by this time. Oh, yeah. Well, when you think about it, Arkansas fans almost drank quick math, like 2,800. Like they've, they've almost drank or consumed $13,000 worth of Jello shots. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's marketing genius, though, it's brilliant. to make teams compete with each other about who's going to drink the most jello shots that's brilliant it, it, it is, they're going to be like it should have been like with the most expensive drink on the menu whatever that might be but the jello shots is better that's good i i think the favorite my favorite part of this entire episode is going to be your reaction when i told you they were four dollars and fifty cents that is just criminal a jello shot, no kidding. Uh, you're talking maybe, maybe 25 cents in, uh, in cost going in. And that's maybe at, that's at most. Because I'm telling you, it ain't top shelf going into those jello shots, buddy. Where that's probably like uh, pop off vodka or something in there. It's that's criminal. But there is some work that goes into it, but whoo, man. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, it's time to get back out on the golf course, people. There's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf, Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. The first variety pack is out. Find a place near you that has Clubbies. 
Visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Of course you do. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, I had to go with Matt Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open and uh, doing it under pressure there, hitting the bunker on the 18th with the with the one-stroke lead and hit just a beauty out of that bunker uh, to go in and get the win. Uh, it was an interesting tournament. Uh, I didn't pay much attention to it throughout Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and uh, just kind of watched the leaderboard a bit from afar and – Saw some of it today and saw the end of it and pretty impressive stuff. That's, that's tough. Will Zalatoris was, was really good. Uh, Scotty Scheffler played really well. They were making it tough on Fitzpatrick, but uh, pulling that out on a tough course with pressure, pretty impressive. His, his first PGA Tour victory. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Not a, not a bad first one. Not bad. And what he's one of what uh, I think. 13 to win the amateur U.S. Open and the U.S. Open. So that's pretty cool. He's had a lot of success. I remember reading he's had a lot of success on the European tour. Like he's won like seven or eight times on the European tour. He's 27 years old. Like he's, he's been really, really solid, but that, that shot out of the bunker. I mean, after we watched, what was it? Pereira fall apart on the 18th hole uh, of the PGA championship there at Southern Hills. Like it, when he yanked it left into that bunker, because the best part is like, all he has to do is not hit it in the bunker on the left. (laughs) And it just like right in the middle of it. And that, that was an incredible shot. Like anyone that golfs knows to, you know, to, catch it that clean out of a bunker and just stop it dead on the green, like right in the middle of the green, two putt to win a major, your first win on the PGA tour. Like what an incredible what I, I mean, in to do that after you drove it, like the one place you knew you couldn't drive it. That's what was so impressive to me. It's like, you, you called it pressure. It was just like, 
his ability to bounce back in that moment, that was, that was huge. And man, Zalatoris's putt. Oh, I thought it was going in just yeah. watching it on TV. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be right in the middle. He's, he's going to pull one off before long. He is, uh, he's playing some really good golf right now, but, um, no, nah, I, I, I thought it was, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I was reading the article, just kind of the wrap up article for the U S open. And I thought this line from ESPN was interesting. The payoff was 3.15 million and a title that money can't buy major champion. <laughs> that's that's pretty uh, good little shot across the uh the bow there of the liv uh players i think pretty interesting yeah and the uh the old live golf guys didn't did not have a good weekend or no. uh, some of them did a lot of them didn't make it to the weekend so it was yeah. uh yeah it, it was i i was kind of glad that that storyline had had essentially disappeared because a lot of those guys, you know, Phil Mickelson was awful. Like a lot of those guys didn't even, even make the cut. So that it really wasn't a topic on Saturday and Sunday, or at least I didn't, I don't remember hearing much about yeah. it. So we, we actually got to just talk about what was going on on the course, which was nice. Yeah, I was uh, last week. I think we talked about it. I was kind of hoping for a, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, final pairing. That oh. would have been pretty dramatic. Uh, but Or if they had to play a, an, an extra round Monday together, just the two of them, that would have been awesome. But, yeah, uh, good tournament. Nice win by uh, Fitzpatrick. Takes home 3.15. Not bad at all. Uh, that'll, that'll work. And you're, you're right. Uh, Zalatoris, he is, he's going to win one. Cause remember he just lost in the playoff at the PGA. Yeah. So he's close. If he can, he doesn't have to be a great putter, but if he can just get a little better with the old flat stick, I mean, he is, when it comes to ball striking, I mean, it's just, it's really fun to watch him, but he's, he's extremely close extremely close but yeah i thought that the the drama the the way that that finished there on 18 that was, that was a lot of fun to watch yeah it was crazy and that was a that was a really really tough course as you can see what only three six nine guys finished under par so to finish six under and not have one uh, over par round throughout the week that's that's that gum impressive from fitzpatrick yeah, that'll uh, that'll work. That'll work. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? I didn't really know how to frame this, like who the actual loser is, but it's really pissing me off. Whoever these guys in the NFL are that are calling the union uh, to narc on their teams for having practices that are too physical and they end up having to lose OTA practices or mini camp practices over it. That pisses me off so bad. And, uh, Rivera Washington football team, I guess they're the commanders. Now that's going to take a while to get used to, but, um, they're going to have to give up practices next year. He had to have like a hundred thousand dollar fine. 
Dallas Cowboys, same thing. McCarthy gets a fine, and it's just – I don't understand, man. It's one of my, my big problems with professional football uh, now and whenever I played. It's very loosely, at least at some places, about winning. The rest of it is how can I do as little as possible and make as much money as possible? I, I can guarantee you that it is not the undrafted guys making those phone calls, <laughs> right? I, it is. Those are, those are top dollar guys saying, Hey, I don't want to do this. A guy like me, like, and I would, I would tell people, it's like, hey, man, I'm undrafted. I have to practice hard. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't sorry, but it was like, listen, I have to practice hard. You may not have to, man. Maybe, maybe you're on your second contract and you're a highly paid guy. That's not me. I got to go hard. So don't tell me to chill. Don't de- like, because I'm not going to. I can't. <laughs> right. And yeah. maybe... <laughs> I don't. I, maybe something happened these practices. I don't know, but yeah. Well, I, I guess at Washington there was a couple of big collisions, uh, but some of that stuff's going to happen, man. Uh, you can't can't take all of the collisions out of it. Here's the, this is my problem. This has been my problem with college football as well. You can't continue to do less and less and less and less and less and expect to have the same result. You just can't. And I, I can't imagine how frustrating it's got to be as a coach to – it's not like they're out there in full pads doing the Oklahoma drill. There's just guys that are competing and going hard, and, you know, you got to be smart. I, I understand that, but, my goodness, it's just – it's ridiculous that players, players, instead of going to coach and say, Coach, man, hey – we got to slow this down a little bit. There's some of the vets are, are getting upset. Instead of that, you go straight to the players union and cost your coach hundred K. I mean, come on, man. That's just, it's ridiculous. I, I wonder, I wonder what the investigation is like. They have right? to turn like- over film and it has something to do with like, there, there's gotta be a certain amount of like, uh, uh, contact that it's usually like on the line of scrimmage, but I, if there's plays like downfield that turn into collisions where there's not, I, you, you can, I, I guess if it continues to happen on film, this is whenever they do it. Like when they can tell there's not like a concerted effort by the coaching staff to slow things down. I'm sure that makes a lot of coaching staffs really happy. Uh, guys from the Players Association going through all of their practice film. Oh, I know. It's like, oh my God, what all? What else is in there? But yeah, it's. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it happened. It happened whenever I played for the Lions, and I remember thinking, like, what the hell are we doing? It's a helmet and shorts practice. Yeah, guys are like banging and they're going at it pretty hard on the offensive and defensive line. But what are we doing here, guys? Do you want to actually win? Or is like, that's the thing that loser ass teams do is try and ask to do less. 
so frustrating. That uh, you you mentioned it is the the Commanders and the Cowboys. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, oh man, <laughs> they they've been losing a lot recently. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey, It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember, in 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen, and became the first American distillery to win that competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yeah, they're from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with people that want transfer portal windows because, yes, the NCA Transformation Committee. What a committee name, by the way. Love that. Transformation <laughs> Committee has officially recommended the implementation of transfer windows. Now, they didn't mention how many windows, where they want those windows to be, what it would look like, but still, They recommended that they exist. Now, it seems likely to have a window for people to enter the portal after the regular season and then after spring practice, but the the old transformation committee didn't get that specific, Ted, but this this is a step in the direction of getting those windows established, which we've heard, you know, tons of coaches talk about, and it seems like this is... This is headed to, to those windows being established very, very soon. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is it, I think it's going to help. I think it's going to help a little bit with uh, putting together your roster and knowing what you need to go after in recruiting or 
uh, in the transfer portal yourself. Um, I think it may also, and I could be wrong on this, but I think it may also change how likely some guys are to transfer. You know, if, if something happens and, you know, you're, you're reactionary and your first instinct is, I'm just going to go in the transfer portal. I'm done. And then you go and make that move. But maybe if it's not within a window, things can slow down. You can have a little bit of time to regroup, rethink things, uh, have, have maybe a conversation with your position coach or whatever, and maybe rethink it and hang around instead of just really quickly diving into the transfer portal and making that type of a, a quick decision. Yeah, and I I haven't heard many stories like this, but if you think, like, say, a guy loses his starting job during the season, and some guys in that situation, they may jump into the portal, right? But with with their with that really not being beneficial to them, if if you can't if it's not in that window, then maybe they stick around. Maybe they earn their job back. Hey, maybe a guy goes down with an injury. I, I haven't heard many stories like that, but that is that that's something that should be considered. Or even like, hey, a couple, you know, the first couple weeks in spring ball, like you're not feeling like things are going well. Well, instead of if if that window's not open yet, then maybe it makes you push through some of those things. I I, yeah. I don't know, but it seems like every coach wants this to happen and it makes a lot of sense. So uh, I'm not surprised to see this recommendation come out. And I, I definitely expect it to be established soon, right? It's gotta be in the very near future. Yeah. I I would probably next year. Well, I guess I honestly, I don't know. My guess is if the committee has recommended the implementation of the transfer window. My guess is you make it happen pretty quick. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would not be surprised if that window, like that first window is in well mid to late November of 2022, right? Like after this season, wouldn't that yeah. be the first window? Like between the end of the regular season and they call it early signing day, but it's really signing day now, which is in December. Like I, I would think that would be that first window with this recommendation being made. I, I think the window should be, well, I don't know, man. It's, it, it should be opened and closed before the end of the signing day, which is what early February, right? The second signing day. Yes, February. Right? It should be open and closed by then. Right? You don't want to you don't want to like go out, sign your class, and as you sign your class, two weeks later have, you know, two defensive backs and an offensive lineman hit the transfer portal that you thought were gonna be there. But I don't know. Maybe that doesn't matter. Heck, I I don't know. I'm sure that they have a pretty good idea of, of when it's best for for the teams to be able to keep their roster with the numbers that they need. But I don't know what those dates are. Yeah. 
we'll we'll see what that looks like, but it's it's happening. It's definitely happening. But my winner of the weekend, Ted, I want you to I'm gonna give you a guess. Who do you think won the Formula One Canadian Grand Prix? Well, my first guess is that Leclerc's car died somewhere on the final lap whenever he was leading. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Verstappen took advantage and won the race. And while all that was taking place, Lewis Hamilton was porpoising somewhere. I, I don't know. Okay. You know what? Not uh, Leclerc's power unit issues all in qualifying. He actually oh, drove. Okay. So he starts way back in the field, right? <laughs> he actually drove a pretty damn good race. And I think he finished fifth, if I remember correctly. Nice. So. A good drive, but it's really hard to come from all the way back there and win. But yeah, no power power unit issues continue for Leclerc and the Ferrari. But Max Verstappen, he won again. There we go. Shocking. Unbelievable. The guy's a machine, man. Fifth the guy win. is a machine. Fifth win in the last six races. Ooh. And I, I will say it got pretty interesting there at a couple points in time. Carlos Sainz, the guy in the other Ferrari, gave him a pretty decent battle. You know, that, that virtual safety car made some things interesting, but I, uh, the, the Dutchman continues to dominate the sport. You you'll be happy to know it's been a while. Lewis Hamilton was back on the podium, Ted P3 oh, wow. for Lewis Hamilton. All I know is I saw a headline <laughs> yesterday or the day before that said Lewis Hamilton says his car sucks, <laughs> Yes, which, which. I, you're not. So he went in on the car on Friday. I mean, you're right. He basically said, Hey, the car's terrible. It sucks. <laughs> and it was, it was funny because right after saying that he goes out there, uh, dr drives it pretty well. And even beat his teammate, George Russell, who's been beating him recently. So Toto Wolf and Mercedes, they had to be pretty happy about how that all worked out for Hamilton. <laughs> But yeah, they couldn't have been thrilled when he was like, yeah, this car sucks. <laughs> like the best guy to ever, ever drive in it's the like, sport. And he's come on. Can you just say something else? Like we're working through some issues. Do you really have to put us all on blast like that? He doesn't care though. He'll get a ride anywhere, but um, that's awesome. Boy, Verstappen, a beast right now. Huh? Wow. Yeah. And Red Bull, you, you think about, you know, with that Perez win. They've won the last six Grand Prix. They are, they're rolling. They, uh, and where was that? Was it like in Toronto? I, they just kept saying Canadian. So they always refer to the track and it's oh, worse. So it wasn't that, like a downtown one. It was a track race. I didn't even pay that close of attention. It was kind of, I was, it was one of those things where I was playing with my son and it was kind of on in the background. I was like, ah, oh, Verstappen's probably going to win. But yeah, I, I couldn't even lie and pretend I know where it was. It was in Canada. I know that. There you go. Nice. That's cool. I'm going to say it. it was in one of the French Canadian areas because Quebec? I, I believe the track was like a French name. Now that could also be completely wrong. You got to remember, I'm not an expert in this sport. <laughs> I am in between. I, I am past the casual label, I would think, but I have no means like, I'm not here out here talking about tire choices. Like, oh, you got to stay on the mediums in that situation. What are we doing? Like, I've, 
I I don't have that knowledge base just just yet. Well, um, doesn't really matter. Verstappen got the win. Uh, they're coming through the U.S. here pretty quick again, right? Austin. Austin's coming up. Yeah. Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, there are a bunch of people between my age and Teddy's age oh, that are going to get that joke. Come on. It's time for the feeding. <laughs> Unleash the fury. All time clip. All time clip. All right. For my loser. If I, I'm going to feel so good for the people that know what we're talking about, because I guarantee you no one has watched that movie in a while. I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've seen it since college. I know I, I haven't. Don't even say the title because this is a, the people that don't know, now they're going to have to figure it out. And the people that know, they're going to be laughing right now and appreciating this. All right. For my loser of the weekend, I thought about going with the Charlotte Hornets. I know that's kind of random, but Kenny Atkinson, he, he straight up said, no, thanks. To being their next head coach, They're, they they went after him. He was the head assistant there for Steve Kerr, for the Warriors, right? A lot of people think that you know the the way he got done and pushed out in Brooklyn was uh, was not fair, and he's very well respected. But yeah, Hornets said, "Hey man, come on," and he said, "I'm good. I'm I'm gonna stay as the assistant for the Warriors. I don't want this job. That that's gotta hurt." It reminds me of one of the first scenes in Major League. How would you like to be the next manager for the Cleveland Indians? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got another guy on the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I, I will say, Michael Jordan, I, from some of the things I've heard, you know, players talk about, I've heard a lot of, you know, listen to a lot of NBA podcasts and stuff. He doesn't exactly have the best organizational management skills, maybe. Yeah. And maybe Kenny Atkinson looked at that and was like, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, the NBA is, I mean, coaches make a difference. I'm not going to say that they don't, but your roster is absolutely everything. And if you don't have, if you don't have a couple of guys, one guy that you feel like is uh, an all NBA type of guy and, and some good solid young talent, you ain't going to win. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you're a coach and you can be selective about where you're going to go. Yeah. You just, then you're happy with what's going on. You just maybe hang around a little bit and, and, um, and wait for the next thing. My guess is he's also still getting paid like a head coach, right? Until he takes another head coaching job. It's yeah. usually how it works is they have to make up the difference between what you're doing now and where you were being paid previously. So can't blame him. Yeah. Maybe he's not a, Maybe he's not a big LaMelo guy. Who knows? Maybe he's like, ah, LaMelo ball. That's the face of the franchise. No, I'm good, man. Thanks. <laughs> but my loser of the weekend, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Eesh. I mean, oh, my goodness. Okay, Abs. Woo. I, 
and I hope you guys have tuned in to the Stanley Cup final. Game one, awesome. Overtime thriller, fantastic. Game two, not so much. The Colorado Avalanche whooped, destroyed the Tampa Bay Lightning seven to nothing. Mm. Seven to nothing against Vasilevsky, who from everything I can tell is the best goalie on the planet. And they came out fast 3-0 in the first. And I, I feel like whether it's hockey or, or basketball or even football, like in the playoffs, especially, you know, in the NBA finals, you know, Super Bowl, whatever. When, when one team kind of gets punched in the face, right? There is like this reaction and things kind of stabilize and it turns into like a back and forth. Right. Even if, you know, you're not all able to make the complete comeback, like it's the two best teams. Like normally it like stabilizes and you you start seeing the game even out. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That did not happen in this game. No, I I think one of the things, and as I watch hockey, don't know, like, I know enough about it to watch it and know what's happening, but it's hard to tell on television, like strategically what's going on. But whenever you go down three Oh, you have to like start to get really aggressive and it leaves you open big time for giving up some, some goals. And I'm guessing that's probably what went down. I, cause I know I, I, it looks like they're just doing the same thing the entire time. Right. But I, I know that the way that they play some of their defense and, and how aggressive they are has a lot to do with kind of what's happening with the score. And they probably had to end up getting way more aggressive than they're used to, and it bit them. Do you think they always talk about 2-0 being like the worst lead in hockey? Like it's, it's a dangerous situation to be in when, when you're up 2-0. Do you think Tampa Bay was like, ah? Oh, down 2-0, got him right where we want him. <laughs> and then the Avalanche scored again. And they're like, uh-oh, not good. <laughs> like it was, I mean, it was a beatdown. And I don't know, I don't know anything about hockey, right? I know the rules from playing video games and watching enough hockey, but I, I don't have any concept of like the X's and O's really and how all that works. But I do know that if you shoot the puck 30 times, if you have 30 shots and your opponent only has 16, You've got a better chance at winning. Yeah. And I just watching and not knowing really what's going on from a strategy perspective. I can tell you the avalanche, they look like a much faster team. Their players are moving faster than the guys from Tampa. I don't know much, Ted, but I know that. Well, speed kills and, um, yeah, if, if if you're giving up speed out there, you it's hard to flip the switch and make it up there. And I don't know. I'm sure they'll have some answer, answers strategically on, on how to put themselves in a, a better spot, but it better sp- start happening pretty quickly. Yeah, and I will say this. The Kroenke family having a pretty good run, right? Roll remember, right now. They, uh, they own the Rams, won the Super Bowl, uh, the they own the Avalanche, looking like they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Also, 
and this is a deep cut, people. The National Lacrosse League, the Colorado Mammoth, just won the NLL title on Saturday. Guess who owns them? Uh, Cronky. Cronky. Family's rolling, man. Having 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 a good sports stretch here. The old Cronkies. Do you? How much do you know about lacrosse? I. Fun fact, I am on the National Lacrosse League Board of Directors, Board of Governors, excuse me. Yeah, that happened a couple of months ago. I, I don't talk about it a lot. I, All right. I had you didn't to have, answer my question. How much do you know about? I know the rules of that league and okay. how it operates. All right, good. That's awesome. I know it's growing. I know there's a lot of people that are into it. Still not a lot from around here, but. Um, I think it's even growing around here locally, isn't it, to some degree? And there's some, like, good club teams and stuff. Yeah, I think it's grown quite a bit. And, like, Edmond, I think yeah. Edmond's got a pretty pretty solid league. But I will say it is, you know, it is growing rapidly, especially DFW, like the DFW area. It's just taking off. And it's it's fun to watch, whether you're watching box lacrosse or, you know, what. Have you watched any of that uh, PLL, the pre- Premier Lacrosse League? I don't know if I've seen. I've wa- I watched a little bit of something that was on ESPN maybe last weekend. Was it indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Okay, so yeah. I feel that's like probably- it may have been like the NCAA championship. Oh, well, the NCAA, that, that's a big deal too. ESPN carries that. I think that's what I was watching, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's... um. It's interesting. I know it's growing. I think it took like a, a lot of people, at least at one point, people were saying that it was because of the concussion football thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it is fun to watch. I enjoy it. It's fun. On that note, episode 224 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You're near me from three to five on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more.